Welcome to Song Salad with Shannon and Scott. I'm Shannon. And I'm Scott. And I am a professional writer and your resident lyricist. And I'm a professional musician and your resident composer. (laughs) And And together, together, we toss up a new song each week. Using a random music genre. And a random topic. That's right. Using our proprietary, patented, perfect industrial strength. Salad spinner. Indeed. <laughs> we randomize over 500 music genres. And hit the random article button on Wikipedia to get our topics. Yeah. Tell our listeners what we did last time, Shannon. Last time, we did a Piedmont Blues song, and Ooh. it was about Ralphie the Buffalo. You are so prepared today. I was. I opened our SoundCloud page before <laughs> we started recording. Um <laughs> Because after 248 episodes, I finally know how to do that. Um, yeah, we uh, got Ralphie the Buffalo, which was a suggestion from listener Joe. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. That was such a good suggestion. And we actually have an update on Ralphie the Buffalo. Should we start with that? Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, like, bear, 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 I'll get ready. Ralphie update. Yeah. Ral- Ralph alerts. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> why, why does that sound like something you'd get? I need a Ralph alert whenever one of my cats throws up somewhere and I don't know where it is exactly. Right. It's you like know? something they wear around their neck like a life alert. <laughs> but it's <laughs> to alert you where they vomited. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there's like a little like LED like indicator that like blinks. A GPS tracking is. that's like yeah. specific to your apartment. Yeah, you open an app and it shows you where in your apartment layout the vomit is so that you don't accidentally step in it at night. It's just like a blinking green light on the app. (laughs) (laughs) Under the couch. Under the couch. Ralph alert. Uh, Anyway, so uh, my good friend Jill, um, I realized, worked at CU for um, many years and knew Ralphie the Buffalo personally. (laughs) Very close to intimately, in yeah. Um, and when I told her about this episode and how, like, you know, what the kind of information we found out, she was like, "Oh, there is a new Ralphie." Yeah. So, in case you missed last episode, just one sentence about Ralphie the Buffalo. Ralphie the Buffalo is a live mascot for Colorado University. Yes. Yeah. A buffalo. <laughs> it, it is, in fact, a buffalo, as the name would suggest. Yes. Um, so, here's an article that came out July 11th of 2020. The new Ralphie has been selected, Ralphie 6. Amazing. They say, although the new Ralphie might have an extra year to train before making her first public appearance on Folsom Field, uh, Rick George, who announced that a new Ralphie had been selected in an update about the CU athletic program, wrote that she had been selected and was training at a pace a 14-month-old is comfortable at. (laughs) 14-month-old buffalo. And then they say, whatever that means. Great. There's no word yet on what her name will be. Ralphie 5 was named Blackout. Oh, I didn't know the Ralphies had individual, like, I guess, um, Christian names. (laughs) No, do you remember? There was, like, like moonshine. It's it's usually related to, like, alcohol, right? Yeah, I... I thought those were their previous names, 
And then once they, it's like their their coronation name was Ralphie the Buffalo. And so then they like release their old name, you know? Like I thought it was right. just like an identity wipe. Yeah. Apparently not. Christian names. They're Christian names. <laughs> Blackout. Um, so anyway, like anyway, look out for new Ralphie, Ralphie Six, uh, coming in the 2021 football season. And uh, we'll see what the name ends up being. But thank you, Jill, for the Ralphie update. <laughs> yes, thank you, Jill. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Well, we're actually doing another Salad Bowl episode this week, aren't we? We are. So a couple episodes ago, you may remember there was a compilation ep that we put out because of travel. Because of that, our Salad Bowl schedule got a little bit off. So we're going to do a Salad Bowl genre for you all. Awesome. Love it. And still get a random article from Wikipedia as the topic. Should we go for it? Let's go for it. All right. Let's fire up the salad spinner to find out what we're doing. Yeah, that's the line. (laughs) This week, we're writing a song in the style of... Cowboy Cowboy songs. Thank you, Biddy. Thanks, Biddy. About? About... Takemi Kazuchi. Takami Kazuchi. Well, we'll we'll, find out how to really pronounce it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Or maybe we won't. (laughs) We usually don't. (laughs) Okay, so first of all, cowboy songs was our suggestion from Biddy. I don't really know exactly what a cowboy song is. I think I kind of do. And the reason that I. Yeah. (laughs) Um. The reason that I, I'm pretty sure I know what this is is because, or at least what what is implied by it, is because I, um, as some of you may know, because I'm pretty sure I've talked about it before on this podcast, I got really into the musical Oklahoma um, when I was in college. <laughs> and, uh, and through that, I got really into the play that Oklahoma is based off of, which is called Grow uh-huh. the Lilacs. And through that was researching like period appropriate music at the time and ended up in the like, what is it? The like National Library of American, like the American National Library of Congress, oh, like yeah. recordings of like whatever and ended up right. like downloading a lot of like old actual cowboy songs sung by uh-huh. real cowboys that were brought in to do like oral history recordings of these songs. So that's what I'm thinking. Why are you having is? me singing to yeah. this metal <laughs> gun barrel? Singing in this here tin can. Um, so yeah, so that's what I think it is. It's like actual songs that were in the sort of like canon of cowboy ba- like I don't, uh, anyway, we'll, we'll figure it out, but I think that's what this refers to. So like traditional out on the range cowboy songs. Yeah. Like there's one called old paint and, um, (laughs) (laughs) it's about a horse named old paint. (laughs) A horse that wasn't too bright because he ate a lot of paint chips. (laughs) (laughs) Old paint. They're, they're really good. Oh God. I wish I could like resurrect my iTunes library from the time. Cause I had like a huge collection of them. We'll find, uh, we'll find some good examples. Yeah. Cool. And, and then, all right, let's talk about this topic. Um, yeah. first sentence, first sentence. Takiba. Oh man. 
Oh, you are, I already up and done it. <laughs> Takemi Kazuchi, maybe, is a deity in Japanese mythology, considered a god of thunder and a sword god. Cool. I think you should also read the second sentence because it's, oh. it, yeah, let's go for it. He also competed in what is considered the first sumo wrestling match in recorded history. Wait, the, the phrase recorded history and the fact that he is a mythological deity I know. is a little confusing to me. I'm very excited to see what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Japanese god of thunder. He just showed up like for real, for real. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. Cool. Yes, me too. Amazing. All right. Well, All let's right. Uh, let's get cowboy in. Let's do it. Mm. All right. Cowboy All songs. Right. Yeah. So um, I feel a little bit silly. Because Why do you feel silly? So often, whenever our listeners, our $10 and up Patreon donors, who suggest these topics and genres... Often when they send us their emails suggesting their topics and genres, they will add like a little bit of context or they'll like link us to the thing that they had in mind, right? Yeah. Um, usually, you know, we can Google, but it just makes our job a little bit easier. Thanks. We love when you do that. So I guess <laughs> it seems like from Biddy's original email, because we went and looked it up, um, it seems like she was inspired by something I said on the podcast, which was probably the exact same freaking thing I said at the beginning when we got cowboy songs, which was I used to be obsessed with Oklahoma and yep. had a bunch of Library of Congress recordings of cowboy songs. So anyway, great job, me. Um, at least I'm predictable. Um, yeah, you were just giving your future self a genre. Yes, exactly. So, Biddy, thanks for listening to that and thinking it was interesting enough to suggest it as a genre because um, it <laughs> definitely is. It definitely is. So this is old cowboy songs, and by old we mean starting in, like, the mid-1800s yeah. and going up all the way through the 1930s, which is probably where we're going to stop what we're talking about, even though, obviously, cowboy and Western music continues its development after that point. Um, but the Library of Congress that Shannon mentioned um, has uh, a really amazing article about the development of Western and cowboy songs, along with links to recordings that were made in the early 1930s, like Shannon said, with cowboys coming in and just singing the songs that they knew. And also, like, a lot of the recordings start with the cowboys explaining, like, who they are and, like, what the <laughs> song is and when they would sing it. So it's like, hi, I'm a Huckabee bootstrap, so this <laughs> is the song we used to sing if there was a snake around the fire. <laughs> like, Scott's not actually exaggerating that much. Like, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, it was like, and you have to also think about uh, a lot of the recordings that we're going to play for you are going to be sort of the more like commercialized and cleaned up versions of these songs. But remember that they all literally started as like field songs, basically mm -hmm. things that cowboys were singing around the campfire or while they were literally herding cattle or doing work to occupy themselves to like um, have a sense of like community and entertainment with other cowboys. Mm -hmm. um, and so they would not have been produced. Oftentimes they would not even have had any musical accompaniment 
Maybe somebody had a fiddle. Maybe somebody had one of them, their guitars, but it was <laughs> definitely not the norm for there to be like harmonies or like a three piece band or anything that was like playing with these at first. So you do get people like Clem, Clem McGubbins who just <laughs> has, who has a voice like a bent oboe who's just going for broke. It's singing a song about his, uh, his horse, you know, <laughs> Clem McGubbins and Huckabee bootstraps. <laughs> Well, there are our characters tonight. <laughs> done. Yeah. Done, Invented. Done and done. Um, so, yeah, exactly what Shannon said. In the 1860s to 1890s, um, young men from all over the country were drawn out west to work as cowboys. And they took the old folk songs and popular songs that they knew, a lot of European folk songs, a lot of Mexican folk songs, yeah. too, from men that came up from the South. And um, they added and changed the lyrics, uh, either in serious ways or in comic ways, to be about their lives and their work. And they incorporated these special calls and hollers for uh, herding cattle and also, like, turned the melodies of these songs into um, parts of their range where they could call across the vast expanses of the trail to each other as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why you get this kind of, like, keening <laughs> quality to the voice sometimes. Like, similar almost to, like, the, the Mexican grito shout mm. you know, every once in a while. Yeah. Like, and there's that, like, uh, <laughs> get along, little dog. <laughs> kind of like those, like, flips up into your higher range. And, yeah. Yeah, the kind yeah. of, like, breaks and flips and definitely in the higher end of the register for sure. Yeah, so probably one of the most famous examples that, like, people in America could, like, pull off the top of their head is Home on the Range. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so popular, we're not going to play it, but I think that's, like... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, everybody could probably sing the first, like, few bars of Home on the Range, you know? I'll give me a hoe. Yeah, there you go. It sounded exactly like that. Um, <laughs> um, so that was actually set to music in, like, 1874, so way back then. And then whenever um, these cowboys were getting together at, like, trailheads and railheads where like trains would come in that's the time when oh they would learn new songs or sort of like pass different like melodies and lyrics along to each other but you'll see that like even in library of congress recordings like sometimes like okay there's a song called the darned old wheel mm -hmm. which was also cataloged in a 1911 uh book by John Lomax, who was, like, one of the principal, like, archivists and, like, historians of this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it was cataloged in cowboy songs and other frontier ballads as the gold darn wheel. So uh. it's the darned old wheel or the gold darned wheel. You can see how the, the lyrics scan the same, but it's not. Right. So the rhythm is preserved, but the lyrics are changed. And I think you'll probably find that a lot, like, it's who remembers what and who passed what on to whom. Um, totally. Yeah. Oral yeah. oral tradition, for sure. Cool. And that song in particular is about, did you say it's about the uh, the arrival of the bicycle in no. the West? No, I didn't say that. 
<laughs> yeah, so the types of songs, you know, not just about cattle herding, but about, like, you know, current events <laughs> that were happening. <laughs> uh, also, uh, in the early 1900s, when the, the gold rush started, there were a lot of songs about going out to the hills to find gold and also specific songs uh, about which trails to take places. Um, so that's really interesting. The dreary black hills about South Dakota. Um, and it was in the early 1900s that these, this idea of like mythologizing and celebrating like cowboys and Indians and outlaws like came into popularity. And this was also when you saw traveling shows like Buffalo Bill's Wild West show, uh, where Buffalo Bill and Annie Oakley and Chief Sitting Bull would travel and they had a brass band and they would perform these kinds of uh, cowboy songs in a little bit more of a produced way. And it spread the music out of just cowboy culture into popular culture. Right. So... Whenever those like big cattle drives were sort of wrapping up toward the end of the 1800s, cowboys weren't like driving huge herds of cattle through like the Chisholm Trail and stuff. But it then became, like Scott was saying, like romanticized and popularized and commercialized in things like Western movies. So like Westerns, even before movies had sound, Westerns, silent films were extremely popular. But then in the 1920s, when movies started having sounds, it became very natural to have the cowboy heroes in your Mm. movie sitting around a campfire and like singing a song together. And I think (laughs) this is where you start getting the, oh, wow, I saw that in the movie. It's popular. Let's do a recording of it and let's do it in three-part harmony and let's have, like, a guitar and a banjo and a fiddle, maybe. Um, Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's listen to something, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Please. Let's start with uh, a song that we probably all know, Clementine. Yeah. My darling Clementine. Um, So this is a recording from the Library of Congress. It was recorded in 1939. It was recorded by a guy named John McCready at the Arizona Bar in Groveland, California. (laughs) I love it. So here is uh, Clementine. In the cavern, excavating for a mine. Dwelt a miner, forty-niner, and his daughter, Clementine. Oh, my darling, oh, my darling, oh, my darling, Clementine. You are lost and gone forever, dreadful sorry, Clementine. She drowns, right? That's what happens to Clementine? I believe so. Yeah. I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but yeah. Poor Clementine. I mean, I actually don't know if it's actually said uh, in the song that she mm-hmm. uh, that she drowns, but I'm pretty sure that's what happens. Anyway, that's not that. Well, while Shannon's finding that out, uh, as you heard, this was just an acapella recording. It was literally done at a bar. (laughs) So this is the kind of thing we're talking about where they just like, you know, asked around people sang the songs that they knew they took recordings and preserved them. And, you know, this is one version of Clementine 
which also goes by the title In a Canyon in a Cavern. And the lyrics that you hear in this example are the lyrics that this guy, John McCready, knew. But I'm sure there are hundreds of different alternate lyrics that you could sing to this song. Yeah, she drowns. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Confirmed. Confirmed. She's the the daughter of a minor. Uh, So this would probably, you you know, be talking about, like Scott mentioned, the gold rush. So we're talking more that type of uh, song. But um, one day while performing routine chores, Clementine falls (laughs) into a raging torrent of brine and drowns. Her lover is unable to swim and unwilling to attempt to rescue her. Ooh. What does that mean? What routine chore would you be doing next to a raging brine? <laughs> a raging torrent of brine. Yeah, I'm not, um, I don't know. I'm just going to go sweep the cliff face, honey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that or like, um, like deep water crab fishing. Like, what, yeah, what, right. what she was doing. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, so the, the, so- the song is from the perspective of her lover who... You know, oh my darling, oh my darling, oh my darling, Clementine, you are lost and gone forever, oh my darling, Clementine. Um, yeah. So like, yeah. Anyway. So kind of a sad song. Yeah. And there's another example that we have here called Cowboy's Lament, which is another sad song. Um, this recording does have guitar accompaniment, uh, but it was also recorded early on in 1928. And uh, it is derived from an English folk song called The Unfortunate Lad. So similar topic about a cowboy that passed away Mm -hmm. um and uh similar kind of melancholy waltz feel to this as i walked out in the streets of laredo as i walked out in laredo one day i spied a poor cowboy wrapped up in white linen wrapped up in white linen and cold as the clay Oh, beat the drum slowly and play the five lowly. Play the dead marches, you carry me along. Take me to the yeah, Green the, Valley um, and lay the waltz the is one of the things that distinguishes the this kind of folk music from like what was going on in Appalachia at the time. So mm. waltzes and also like more... Uh, like more parts. So I guess like Appalachian folk music often has like two fiddle parts, whereas um, Western folk music like tends to have three. Um, but yeah, like Scott said, it's about um, a, a a cowboy passing through Laredo, Laredo, Texas. Um, and he sees a young cowboy like laid out for like a funeral, basically. Yeah. Um, and is like reflecting on the life of, a cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. And then our last example here is one that, uh, like Shandon mentioned, was recorded more recently and has guitar accompaniment and harmonica and is definitely recorded in a much more produced and polished way, but it's an example of an older uh, song. Tell us about Old Paint, Shannon. Yeah. So this song is called I Ride an Old Paint, or it's sometimes also called Leave in Cheyenne, um, which would is a reference to the city of Cheyenne, uh, Wyoming. Um, mm-hmm. And an old... It's a reference to the actor Cheyenne Jackson, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I'm leaving Cheyenne. I'm done with him. 
done. I'm done with this deadbeat. I ride an old paint. I lead an old band. I'm going to Montana for to throw the hula and where to feed the coolies. And they water and they draw and the tails are all matted. The backs are all raw. Ride around them doggies, ride around them slow. So an old paint was like a, um, there were lots of, as you might imagine, lots of slang, lots of um, cowboy industry jargon. Um, Love cowboy slang. I know. It's so good. So like the the song, uh, one of the songs that we are not playing, but you may also have heard is the Get Along Little Doggies um, song. Mm-hmm. And a dog, a dogie or a doggy was a reference. A dogecoin. A doge. <laughs> 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 they were cryptocurrency pioneers. These cowboys, literal pioneers. <laughs> they were, yes. Um, so uh, yeah, so that's a reference to cows or cattle, which we've actually talked about before in some other Western genre. We've talked about get along little dogies, um, and uh, a paint or a Dan were horses. So Hmm. when he's saying, I ride an old, so the first lyric, uh, this is a, I have the lyrics from a Johnny Cash version. It might not be the same as the Harry McClintock version. Like we said, they changed, but I ride an old paint. I lead an old Dan. I'm going to Montana to throw the Houlihan, uh, which I believe is a a lasso. Uh, Hmm. They feed in the coolies, the water, and they water in the draw. Their tails are all matted. Their backs are all raw. So that's, talking more about um cows but um uh yeah but like i ride an old paint i'm i'm riding an old horse i'm leading an old horse like yeah Hmm. cool i think this is gonna be really fun and i think you know we'll obviously go with this you know early cowboy era type song that is more along the lines of these like working songs that they sang I'll do that old vocal style in the in the Library of Congress kind of a, a way. And I'll probably do a little bit of guitar, sort of like yeah, the yeah. Um, the Cowboys Lament version. But I'm not going to do one of the like you know newly recorded yeah. versions of of one of these songs. The campfire um, version. Yeah, and what what are you going to try to focus on lyrically? Yeah. Well, I think I want to look for the most cowboy or pioneer aspect of this deity and try to make it because, you know, cowboy songs, they do have a sort of inherent topic built in, right? Because almost all of them are focusing on life in the West, really. Um, And so I want to try to find something with this Japanese deity that feels like as close as thematically possible to like that sort of sense of isolation we're out here on our own we're doing an extremely physical manual demanding job and but there is like a sense of um autonomy and ownership and like Mm -hmm. pride in that lifestyle yeah so hopefully this japanese deity has like anything that i could sort of like connect thematically to that but yeah I mean, it's also, it could be about, like, you know, a mundane aspect of this Japanese deity's life, because one thing we didn't talk about was this, uh, the in the book of cowboy songs and other frontier ballads, there is just, you know, lists of titles of songs, 
And the topics that these songs are about range from like drinking songs to uh, Greer County, just a song about a county, to like the campfires gone out, you know. Yeah, so it could be yeah. about any any like small topic. There's you know? also a lot of them that are just a man's name. Um, yeah. Or a woman's name. And so I think that there are a lot that are about like this cowboy was famous or lauded or particularly like notable for something. And so like there is a song like celebrating that person. So that could yeah. also be another angle. Cool. And and I think I probably will go for a waltz. Cool. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. All right. Let's go learn about Takemi Kazuchi. And right before we do. Yes. I have one more fun fact that I just learned about which horses were called paints. Ah. They were any horse with like spots. So like if it looked like painted or like, like a painted pony or like a paint splatter, they were a paint. That makes sense. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Let's go to Japan. Let's go. Take a Mikazuchi. Take a Mikazuchi. Confirmed. Yeah. It sounds like it, if an Italian person wanted you to have their <laughs> Kazuchi. <laughs> Here, take a Mikazuchi. <laughs> if an Italian person from a Warner Brothers cartoon in the 60s wanted you to take <laughs> their Kazuchi. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, anyway. This is cool. It's very cool. As we said before, it's a, a deity in Japanese mythology, and it was recorded in uh, the Kojiki, which is an early chronicle of Japanese myths, legends, songs, genealogies, oral traditions uh, from the you know the various Shinto and Buddhist um, mythological origins of the country. So it's actually kind of cool that it connects to the cowboy songs in the Library of Congress chronicling all of these old songs, uh, chronicling these Japanese mythological, like, you know, origins of the deities and things. That's actually very true. Um, yeah, so we mentioned a couple things that Take a Mikazuchi is, um, you know, responsible for, like, in charge of. So he's considered the god of thunder. He's a sword god. Um, he also notably, I guess... Um, in Japanese mythology, a giant catfish supposedly is what causes earthquakes. There's like a huge underground catfish that like wiggles around, I guess, or like, mm-hmm. um, you know, is like disturbing the earth. Um, and that's what causes earthquakes. And so Takemi Kazuchi is um, depicted in this one woodblock um subduing this catfish with his sword to like stop earthquakes. Very cool. Yeah. Um, So in addition to being the God of thunder, the sword God, uh, it also says here that he is considered in Shintoism, the God of storms and of military conquest too. Mm. So very powerful deity. Yes. And I guess his name, Takami Kazuchi, um, literally translates to brave, awful, possessing male deity. Cool. Yeah. So there is a legend of the birth of various gods, mm-hmm. uh, including the birth of Takemi Kazuchi. 
in which the god of creation, Izanagi, severs the head of the fire deity, Kagu Suchi, and the blood from the sword splatters on the rocks and gives birth to these other deities. So the blood from the sword tip uh, birthed three deities, and the blood from the base of the sword birthed another three deities. So Takemi Kazuchi is one of these gods from the base of the blade. Can you tell here, because later on they talk about... and. We're about to get to this, but they talk about the battle between the celestial gods and the terrestrial gods. Yeah. And are, is that the initial split? It doesn't say in the article, like, is it the gods who came from the tip of the sword and the gods who came from the base of the sword? Is that the initial beef or is that not related, do you think? It doesn't really say here and yeah. I'm not going to venture a guess. Oh man, guess. Guess about Japanese <laughs> mythology with absolutely no evidence. <laughs> I'm going to guess that it was all celestial in that instance. Probably. And the terrestrial gods are like a different creation story. Cool. Sure. But I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so speaking of that, there was like a, a battle at, at one at one point. So like in, um, so the gods of the heavenly planes were supposed to conquer the terrestrial world, which was known as the middle country. And Takemi Kazuchi was one of the main gods like appointed to like lead this takeover of the terrestrial uh, deities. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like very, as in a lot of mythology, there's a lot of very confusing information uh, and a lot of like, well, that doesn't really make sense or really have like a cause and effect sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, but basically taking Kazuchi goes down and the one god is appearing as a sword, right? Mm-hmm. And he volunteers his wait, no, that's Takemi Kazuchi's father. What? <laughs> Sorry, I already confused myself. You mean Heaven Point Blade Extended? Itsuno Ohabari? Oh, I meant Deity Heavenly Bird Boat, Ame no Torifune. Oh, yes, Deity Heavenly Bird Boat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Which may be a boat as well as being a god, Wikipedia. <laughs> Thank you, Wikipedia. Really helpful. Hi, I am your god or your boat. Or your boat. <laughs> Ame no Torifune. Which I, li- I also love Wikipedia um, hedging so hard, which may be a boat. As well as a god. It's not even really <laughs> Anyway, here's the here's the gist of it. I can't suss out which like what this father here has the mind it's not and worth speech it. of a sense <laughs> god. Yeah, anyway. So anyway. So the 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 father god basically says, Well, you have to like it's up to my children, like my child deities of the earth. Like if yeah. they will bow to you and cede to you or if they want to fight you. And right. the first one is like, yeah, cool, dude. Peace out. I'm just going to, like, chill. And so he, like, leaves. And then there's a second god that decides that he does want to fight Takemi Kazuchi. And his name is Takemi Nakata. So yes. Takemi Nakata would not concede without testing, like, feats of strength with Takemi Kazuchi. Yes. So 
Here were the feats of strength. He grabs Takami Kazuchi's hand, and then it turned and it turned into an icicle, and then it turned into a sword, <laughs> which reportedly made Takami Kazuchi cringe. So, I guess bad, but it was just a cringe. Just made him cringe. And then Takami Kazuchi was like, "Oh, thank you for my sword hand now, probably." But he grabs Takami Nakata's hand and, according to Wikipedia, crushes it like a young reed. Burn. Yeah. Just <laughs> snapped it like a little a little uh, cattail. Um, and so this, like, chases off the challenger, basically. He, like, begs yeah. for clemency. He says, like, please don't kill me. I will, I will leave. I will exile myself. Yeah. So this is what we were talking about in that second sentence of the Wikipedia article about sumo wrestling. This feat of strength contest and hand-to-hand combat uh, was considered in the mythical origin of sumo wrestling to be that, like, first sumo match in history. It's why today you will see sumo wrestlers turning each other's hands into icicles. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Famously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there is a lot more to this article about the um, the regions in which the various gods were, you know, worshipped and uh, took over uh, the different clans that uh, claimed, you know, Takemi Kazuchi as their deity, but it's it's beyond my understanding really it's like um it's like if you took this full uh what is it called the kojiki if you like took the kojiki the origin story of all of this mythology and you removed every fifth word is like what this wikipedia article is like there's yes. just <laughs> it just references so many characters and situations and history that we like just don't have and it would be like a million uh a million different like links to like figure it all out yeah yeah the other thing to note though is that you know as you can probably imagine this deity uh it does have a presence in popular culture because you know being a thunder god and riding an earthquake catfish and inventing (laughs) sumo like it's pretty cool yeah so you can see Takemi Kazuchi as a supporting character in a manga and anime series called Noragami, uh, also in a series called Danmachi. He's featured in video games like Persona 4 and Overlord and Naruto Shippuden. Um, and there's also a Digimon character named Kazuchimon. I <laughs> so, love that. Yeah, uh, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with the name, at least, from, you know, uh, other pop culture references that he's a part of. So the one thing that we haven't talked about yet, and the reason that I want to talk about it now is that I think it will play into the song is the swords that everyone is using in these myths are yeah. called 10 fist swords. Um, and it is a reference. They're called Tatsuka no Tsurugi. Uh, which is the sword of ten hand breaths. And it just refers to any sword that is this length. So like ten hands long, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so numerous deities 
in mythology have this sword. Um, and I just think that a 10 hand sword, first of all, hands also measure horses, which is like uh-huh. kind of fun. Convenient. And, yes. And I also just think like the, a 10 hand sword is like such a great name for like a cowboy song. Like it yeah. just sounds properly folksy and like tough and it does. Yeah. I love, I love it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think there's also like a little bit of a similarity in the romanticization of cowboys and samurai. Oh, mm-hmm. um, and just like that style of independence and honor and fighting for what you think is right. And I also think of the show Westworld on HBO, Mm -hmm. which had a whole cowboy theme and then went into a like Japanese samurai theme and combined the two worlds together. And it it works really well together. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. There's like a lot of, I mean, in actual cowboy culture, probably not because a lot, like there was no like, there was no legal system really. It was all just sort right. of like this code of honor. Whereas I think like samurai had more of like a codified code that they followed, True. you know, and like they sort of were under like a, a jurisdiction. But, um, but anyway, like I think there is in the romanticized cowboy narrative, there is like a sense of like honor and there's like a code that you live by. And I right. think that's what plays so well together between those two um, sort of, worlds i guess yeah very cool and i think yeah we need to make sure to get that 10 hand sword in there yeah and maybe a catfish reference (laughs) i kind of love the i kind of love the giant catfish because it feels like a big creature like a a herd of cattle that you're subduing in order taming it yes yeah exactly like cattle roping yeah Catfish, catfish stabbing. Yeah, catfish stabbing. I mean, yeah. these prints of him literally show him like standing on top of the catfish's head with yeah. a sword plunged into its face. And there's one of them is a song about him doing it too. So there's like oh. song lyrics printed on the uh, woodblock carving that it, it that it's of. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. All right. Okay. I think let's do it to it. I'm going to go get a, a waltz going on my guitar Great. Uh, and come up with a, a, a melody idea that is something that would be memorable, easy to pass down to other people, mm-hmm. um, and sung in a way that can be heard across the plains. Great. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try to incorporate all those different themes, and I'm also going to make sure that I keep my lyrics very colloquial try to incorporate as much like time period jargon as I know how. <laughs> um, and yeah, like you said, like this needs to be sung as people would speak. Um, yeah. So I'm going to try to keep it really uh, rhyming, easy to remember, simple and colloquial. Awesome. Let's cool. go. Let's do it. Mm. Okay. Lyrics. A Haslam. I love that you always have the same okay for your lyric reveals every episode. Look, we have discovered nothing else this episode. It is that I am robotically consistent about how my brain works. 
and what ref- certain references trigger in me, and I, I just can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when someone goes back in, you know, the next couple of decades and recatalogs Song Salad, uh, they'll, like, take out all of the times <laughs> we've repeated ourselves, and there will be approximately one hour of recorded Song Salad footage total left. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I thought you were going to say whenever we have, uh, whenever we become incredibly famous and our podcast ends up in the Library of Congress itself, that someone will do a supercut of all the times I've just said okay in the exact same way. (laughs) (laughs) That would be good too. Yeah, no, that sounds um, slightly more unbelievable than uh, the fact that there's only one unique hour of audio recording on this entire show. Um, okay. So I have a, um, it's not really like a verse and a chorus. Really? I feel like what a lot of these songs do is they have a Mm -hmm. kind of like intro or lead up and then they get to like the hook or the chorus. And then like, that's just like the rest of the song. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's like a particular structure or if that's just all, if it's called something, I don't know, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, but like, think about like Clementine, like Clementine, right? Like, I mean, there are multiple verses of Clementine. Right. But when you sing Clementine or when you sing home on the range or whatever, like you just like go through it. Right. And then you end on the chorus. So yeah. That yeah. Makes sense. Okay. So that's what I did with this. Um, I wanted to bring in, um, I want it to be an ode to taking me, taking me Kazuchi. Um, and I wanted it to like, so it feels like it is celebrating him as like a warrior, um, and telling like something of his great conquest. So it's going to be about him. Uh, I looked up a little bit more about the catfish. Um, so it's called a, uh, Namazu or an O Namazu. And it is a, like we said, a giant underground catfish that causes earthquakes and it, lives under all of the islands of Japan and it is guarded by Takemi Kazuchi ah. who restrains it with a big stone. So, Oh, that's the pinning the stone. Pinning, stone. pinning rock. Yes. That yeah. we like kept seeing. Um, and so whenever he lets his guard fall, the fish thrashes about and that's what causes earthquakes. So, oh. yeah. So if he falls asleep on the job, there's an earthquake. Yes. So this is this is sort of um, so the song is sort of like exhorting him to like continue to keep his guard up and like protect oh. Japan basically. Cool. So All right. I also looked up um, slang words for catfish because I thought that would be fun <laughs> to like call it something different. Um, A mud flapper. Well, uh, mud cat is one. Mud so cat. You will hear mud cat in this. Nice. Uh, in this song. Here we go. A god from above. Of the Isle of Japan, t'was born out of blood with a sword of ten hands. Stood tall upon the mudcat, and with a great shout, he swung round his sword, put Namazu right down. And then we <laughs> get to the uh, chorus sort of thing. Yeah. And I think that this is a great opportunity for one of those, like, whaley kind of moments. <laughs> yes. So it's just, <laughs> take me, Kazuchi. Ten fist sword of might, keep earthquakes at bay, and the catfish in sight. Take a me, Kazuchi, don't let down your guard. You ten fist sword savior, oh thunderous god. Ooh. Yeah. 
Ooh. Take a Mikazuchi. You got to sing that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. You got to wail it. Take a Mikazuchi. Yeah. <laughs> Take a Mikazuchi. Yeah, that, that, that's literally what I'm going to do. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, those are my lyrics. Well done. Thank you. I like it. I like it. And, yeah, especially, like, the the verse lyrics about the the origin and, mm-hmm. you know, it, telling the tale. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Very nice. Well, yeah, I'm going to do the waltz, like we said, with the kind of wailing vocal style um, and do it in that old 1930s Library of Congress style as well. <laughs> the, um, to be clear, the style is shitty recording quality. <laughs> shitty recording quality, mm-hmm, which I can do because I'm in a hotel right now. Yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the guitar accompaniment is going to be a very simple waltz style like boom chicky, you know, guitar accompaniment. Nothing nothing fancy. And the thing that I noticed about like songs like uh, Ride in Old Paint and Cowboy's Lament is that there's really no like regular structure to connect the verses and choruses together, for instance. So, like, Mm. what I mean by that is they won't worry about, like, maintaining an eight-bar phrase or maintaining, like, like what they'll do is they'll play along and sing what they need to sing, and when they're done with it, they'll stop, and then they'll start the next thing. It's not like they're going to, like, put it into a full song structure. So if I had to sing, like, Hi, Shannon, how are you? I would go, hi, Shannon, how are you? Pause. I'm doing well today. Pause. You know, like, it wouldn't be too regular. So I'm not going to worry about about making it, like, a song song. Yeah. I mean, and that just yeah. goes, speaks to the fact that this was all sort of, like, ad hoc and by amateurs, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. what should we call this Song. I mean, Ten Fist Sword is so good, right? Ten Fist Sword. Ten Fist Sword. It's so cool. Also, Pond the Mud Cat. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay, here's what it could be, because some of these songs do have parentheticals. It could be Ten Fist Sword, parentheses, Pond the Mud Cat. Pond the Mud Cat. Yeah. I think that's that's it. <laughs> I think that's the play. <laughs> All right. I like it a lot. Me too. Okay, okay, here is <laughs> Ten Fist Sword, Pawn the Mud Cat. <laughs> a cowboy song. Thank you so much, Biddy. About Takemikazuchi, the Japanese deity of thunder and swords and sumo and war and... Standing on a cl- mud cat. And, and taming the catfish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By Shannon and Scott. <laughs> This is Leg Dangling. I'm here to sing you the song about Tapemi Kazuchi and his sword of might and the catfish that he keeps at bay to prevent the earthquakes. I got up above the Isle of Japan Just born out of blood with a sword of to talk on the mud cat when with a great shout he swung round his sword put the mazu right out take a mikazuchi ten fist sword of might 
the catfish inside. Take a Mikazuchi, don't let down your guard. You tan fist sword, save your oath under its gone. Take a Mikazuchi, tan fist sword of mine. Keep earthquakes at bay and the catfish inside. Well done. Well done. Sometimes Very cool. simple is most effective, you know? Yeah. And and just going back to the roots of like why we have song, you know, like what, yeah. what's the whole reason for communicating things, you know, <laughs> through singing to each other. Yeah. No, that's very true. It's, it's part entertainment. It's part um, tool for calling in cattle or communicating. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like history and in uh, and a way of self expression. I I dig yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I really am interested in learning more about Japanese mythology too. Yeah, it seems like it. It um, the peek into it that we got overwhelms me in the same manner that it does anytime we get like um, any sort of reference to like the Hindu religion. Yeah, because they're like the pantheon of gods is just so vast. Like there are just so mm-hmm. many, and like their relationships are so complicated. Um, it's like very similar to like Greek mythology too, where it's just like, oh my gosh, if you learn a tiny bit about it, it's like expands into this huge Marvel extended universe of stories and dramas and all of that. Um, totally. But yeah. But it's fascinating. It is. Sweet. 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 So, <laughs> next episode is kind of a big deal, huh? Yeah. Our next episode is episode 250 of Song Salad. Wow. A, a quarter of a thousand. You know what? That's what they say, don't they? <laughs> it's the, the classic podcast milestone of a court thou. <laughs> a court thou. Wasn't it? What's a what's a sesquicentennial? Isn't that like a two hundred and fifty years? That's, Is that was it two fifty or two hundred? I don't know. Hold on, sesquis. Can I spell sesquicentennial? Yes, I can. Yeah. Ah, uh, one hundred and fiftieth anniversary. Oh. So what's a two hundred and fiftieth? Oh, somebody asked it. A sestercentennial. Sestra. Sester. Sester Centennial. Sester Centennial or a semi-quincentennial or a bicenquinquagenary. <laughs> Hold on, let me try that again. I, can, I need to go back to the Japanese. Bicenquinquagenary. Bicenquinquagenary. I'm having a stroke. Bicenquinquagenary or... Okay. One more. Yeah, go for it. A quarter millennial. <laughs> there you go. So, anyway, our next episode is all that. Please, can um, our next episode just be called Bison Quick with Jennifer? <laughs> <laughs>
And we are going to do something special for that episode. And we have some ideas brewing. Yeah. Um, haven't decided on one yet, uh, but whatever it is, it's going to be fun. And thank you for sticking with us for 249 episodes. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens next. Me too. If you would like to join uh, listeners like Biddy, who get to suggest topics and genres uh, for us to do uh, once a month, you can become a Patreon donor at patreon.com slash song salad. And there are two do- there's a $2 level, a $5 level, uh, a $10 level, and a $20 level. Um, so thank you to everyone who supports us through Patreon. And also thank you to everyone who supports us by following us on Twitter at Song Salad Cast or joining us on Facebook and talking to us on Facebook uh, in our group. Please follow the page, but then join the group because that's where people actually get to interact with one another. It's Song Salad Podcast dash the produce section. And as always, you can hear the individual songs from our episodes on our Bandcamp, songsalad.bandcamp.com. Rate, review, subscribe. Don't sue. Recommend. (laughs) Don't sue. (laughs) That's the important one. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. I'm Shannon. And I'm Scott. And this has been Song Salad. Bon appetit. A bon pie quinquagenary. Okay. Done.